Dustin can read. Hello, welcome to the first episode of Behind the Read. I am your guest host, Stephen Trigar. I am the host of The Composer Chronicles, which is a podcast that recounts the stories of composers past and present through the music they write. Today, I'll be talking to Dustin about his January 2021 reads, answer some listener questions, and get a little info for upcoming episodes. Hello, Dustin. Welcome to your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Stephen. (laughs) You're very welcome. I'm happy to have you on your own show. I know. I'm I'm happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. This is actually, you know, what's weird. I I have said this earlier today and I was like, today I felt the most normal I've felt in like over a year. Oh, really? I don't know what, because, you know, isolation and COVID stuff and 2020 and blah, blah, blah. It's just, it, it, I know it did this to everybody else too. It's just emotional roller coaster up and down. And just, I just haven't felt myself in a long time. And and today I felt, I felt like me. Like I felt naturally like goofy, like not trying to force myself to do it. And I guess, I don't know. Sorry, I'm venting a lot there, but <laughs> oh, no, no, it's okay. I mean, but, you know, like it's just it's been hard because it's been hard to the move going through the motions of everything, and and I've been like I'm I'm, I'm going to feel like myself. Damn it, I'm determined to. So I yeah. had to push myself into doing things that I I I used to like, but I just can't seem to like right now. And I've had to like do it, push through, and I'm finally getting there. So knock there on go. wood. There you go. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. I got out of work early today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's always a good thing. I mean, early considering the, the current circumstance. I mean, I get out of work whenever my job is done. So, right. uh, <laughs> but early considering, but yeah, otherwise I'm, I'm doing, don't do fine. I mean, well, that's excellent. Yeah. I'm glad we both had good days. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> gets to end with making a podcast. So that's a good in my, go- my, it's good in my book. Yes. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so let's start with your uh, January books. Uh, you started with The Babysitter this month. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I read The Babysitter with Brucker, who had never read an R.L. Stein book before. And we went through and we, you know, this month we did the adaptation of that. And as far as what we think is going to happen. And we went through like casting choices and, you know, stuff like that. And I just thought there were some really cool ones um, that a couple of people reached out to me about. And I'd like to just at least talk about them a little bit. Um, did you listen to the episode? I did. I listened to both January episodes. Okay, awesome. So have you ever read The Babysitter? I have not. Uh, unfortunately, I have. Uh, I'm not up to date on my uh, my young adult horror books, but uh, uh, <laughs> well, it is from the '80s, so you're it's okay. You don't not up to date on that one. <laughs> no, yeah, well, uh, yeah, it's okay. I mean, I I just I learned about it through your episode, so it's uh it was a lot of fun to actually listen to. So I uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I was trying something a little different. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to do more of those, but so, yeah. Um, so in the casting, I like, I said stuff like Keegan, Michael key for Mr. Hagen, you know, and, and because he's kind of bumbling, but he also turns bad at the end. And, uh, and I was like, then, you know, and Brucker was like, oh, I love Keegan, Michael key. And I said, John Cena too, because he's described as this big kind of bulky kind of guy. 
Mm-hmm. So I was thinking maybe he could be, cause I could see him with the comedic chops. Well, some people reached out to me about their ideas of who should play Mr. Hagen. And, um, I got OGW nostalgia at OGW nostalgia on Instagram, um, commented. I always pictured the stepfather era, Terry O'Quinn as Mr. Hagen. As far as the teenagers go, I'm completely unfamiliar with anyone of the current age, unless they're from Stranger Things, but that's okay. <laughs> but I kind of see that too. Yeah, Stepfather era, Terry O'Quinn. That's, uh, you, you know, they, they did the remake of Stepfather a few years back with, um, what was his name? Patrick Wilson, I think. And so, yeah, I could see, I actually, actually see Patrick Wilson too. Um, that would be kind of interesting, I think. And he's, he's pretty sinister, you know. The stepfather's supposed to be nice, kind of, and he turns on you. So that kind of makes sense. But the other person, my friend Narissa, all the way from the, the UK. Hey, Narissa, I know you're listening. <laughs> um, she actually had a really good one. She said, Jason Sudeikis. Ooh. I know. Just like, I guess that whole, um, what's that show he has out now? Oh, my God. I just forgot the name. Ted Lasso. So that's a comedy and whatnot. But he has these, like serious moments in some movies and stuff he has where he just, you're like, Oh, well, hello, Jason Sudeikis. Nice to meet you personally, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And I can really see that. So I'm kind of like leaning more towards him now instead of Keegan-Michael Key, even though I like Keegan-Michael Key, but. Right. I I actually remember when I listened to the episode, I actually sent you a message saying, I totally agree on that. 100%. Keegan-Michael Key was, I actually had that in mind. I mean, I, like I said, I'm not, I did not read that book, but I remember when you were describing that character, I was like, ooh, that would be a good choice. And then you actually said it, and I was like, ooh, yes, that, <laughs> that's who I was thinking. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad we all, we're all on the same page here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those are the two casting choices that people had reached out to me about, and I thought I'd you know, just share them with some people. I thought that'd be a neat little update. Yeah. And then the second book you read was The Midnight Club. Yeah, that's when I had Mr. Cameron Chaney on. And this was my first Christopher Pike book, which I mentioned a few times in the podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm still iffy on Christopher Pike. I really wasn't thrilled about the book. Yeah. But I don't know. It just kind of had a blah <laughs> ended and didn't really, I don't know. There's something about it. I, I liked it. But at the same time, I kind of felt like I needed more. <laughs> so yeah. Maybe that's why they're making the show. Maybe that's why <laughs> to fill in those holes. But I'm like, I need more because I don't know what's going on. And I don't know how interested I am in this. I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> that said, um, a friend reached out to me on a Twitter friend reached out to me. His name is Mr. Editor. And on Twitter, he's at spongy four, four, five. And he sent me a, a screenshot of a, a post from Christopher Pike on Facebook talking about the Midnight Club adaptation in the series. And I'm going to read that for you. Just a little bit that he sent me. And who knows if the Midnight Club does well on Netflix, it's possible Mike Flanagan and his producing partner, Trevor Macy, will end up making final friends. Right now, Mike is shooting another series before he turns his full attention to the Midnight Club. However, Along with a group of very talented writers, he's been creating the 10 scripts for the first 10 episodes. He's still refining them, but I've read half and they are excellent. So much better than I could have hoped for. I don't want to give away away what stories of mine he draws upon to weave inside the Midnight Club, but I guess it will be okay to say that Dana and the Devil is the first one, and it's hilarious, while also being very dark. 
You see, the Midnight Club series is a much more expanded version of my book, and yet the story still maintains the intimacy and warmth and pain of the original novel. I can tell you that Abir and I read the scripts with great pleasure. I can hardly wait to get the next five. They're supposed to come any day. So that's pretty promising, I think. Yeah, it sounds pretty promising. Especially when the author, you know, it's always promising when the author's like, I'm on board with this, you know, yeah. You're like, yeah, great. So hopefully it stands up to what everybody expects from it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope it does too. I mean, I did not read the book, <laughs> but I, uh, uh, yeah, it, it definitely sounds from that, that doing that club's, uh, Netflix series is going to be pretty good. Yeah. Did you ever watch any of the haunting of shows? Blind Manor or Hill House? I didn't actually watch any of them, but I actually read the original book that uh, Blind Manor is based on, which is uh, um, Joyce James's Turn of the Screw. And uh, I I love that book. And uh, I I just don't really necessarily like horror movies. I I just get really scared. Yeah, that's that's the way I do too. I do too. Well, it's not me getting scared. I just. Especially, especially this past year, like things are just so much more intense to me right now. Yeah. So watching really, really intense horror or thrillers is kind of like, I could probably do it if I have more people with me, but watching right. it on my own one-on-one, it's really hard to do. Are you ready for some listener questions? Yes, sir. All right. So Hannah who is at Panda's Reading Rainbow on Instagram asks, what is your favorite read of 2020? Oh, so I had a lot, obviously. I mean, I read a lot of stuff, but the one that really stuck around and I still think about to this day was The Hate You Give. I, I mean, I know a lot of people say that and it sounds like a, you know, cop out answer, but it really was. Oh my God, it's, that book. It, I cried so much reading that book, but in happy, like in sad ways. And then at the end I cheered, cried. And it was just like, Oh my God, it just, it was an emotional, just like, I, I again, emotional roller coaster. It was just up and down all over the place. And I, I felt so involved in that book. It was so intense throughout it that like, I don't think I could ever watch the movie. Like I have HBO max now and it's on HBO max. And I just, I don't, I don't know if I can ever watch that movie. Mm because it's so intense. And plus I don't want to, I almost feel like I don't want to ruin what I th- think of the book in my head. I don't know. Right. Oh, I, I know. usually don't do that. I usually don't like, I usually am okay with like adaptations of things. And, you know, I, I read Cirque du Freak and then I went and saw the Cirque du Freak movie and it wasn't the same and it was kind of disappointing, but I still didn't hate the movie. I just, I didn't like it as much. You know what I mean? I didn't prefer right. it. But um, that's another reason why a lot of times I would, I would read a book after I saw the movie because that way, <laughs> I, I still like the movie, but then I like the book more, yeah. <laughs> you know, you get more information. So, but yeah, that's the thing. I don't want to ruin that. And I, I've kind of heard some things that maybe doesn't live up to the book and it kind of disappoints me, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I eventually I'll probably watch the movie, but cause the book was just so good and it had so many good quotable lines and just so many just relatable moments, no matter what race you are. Um, it's just, it was just great. Yeah. That's that sounds wonderful. I mean, give yourself enough distance between the book and watching the movie to yeah, be that able way I can to have it in the back of my mind. I kind of know what happened, but I'm not. It's not you know fresh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Our next question comes from Ronaldo Catwaro One on Twitter. 
They ask, do you have any plans on writing a book one day? What genre would it be? Yes, I have always had plans to write a book <laughs> since I was like 12 years old. And I have started so many since I was 12. I'm like got like a chapter or two in. Of course, they're not any good, but <laughs> I was 12. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I have I have a story started in my mind and then written out too. I'm kind of outlining it now. Um, I'm still not quite sure where it's going to go or where it's going to end up really, but I know the concept and what I want, what I want to start off with. Um, it's going to be a horror comedy and I'm not sure if it's going to be YA or if it's just going to be completely just adult based or what. Um, I kind of want to lean more towards YA because that's the genre I read and that's kind of, you know. Awesome. Next question is from John Earl which is at popofhorror.com on Instagram. Which is also his blog address, by the way, at popofhorror.com. He spells it out in his Instagram handle, and he's also that's also his blog address. Ooh, nice. Yeah, go check that out. Uh, They ask, uh, do you ever get imposter syndrome, and how do you move past it? I think everybody gets it, first of all. Everybody gets imposter syndrome, for doing a job well done and at some point they're you're am i really doing a good job am i really this good you know that's in case you don't know what poster syndrome is it's but you don't believe you're as good as people say you are kind of thing or the response that you're getting you don't you don't trust it kind of i guess and i, I mean everybody does that and i do it a lot obviously and it's you know um it's yeah the, the how you get over it um I can't give you a 100% answer on it, but the, what I do, I just kind of, you got to keep moving forward. Forget your doubts about yourself. You just got to forget it. You just stop. Tell yourself to stop. Even if it's say it out loud, hearing your own voice say it sometimes helps. I find um, if you receive a compliment, you earned it. You know, you earned that compliment. Take it, take the compliment. Don't say, Oh no, I didn't do Take the compliment. Um, a lot of us are still learning and growing, you know, I mean, it's okay not to know it all, not to be the best. It's, you know, it takes a long time to learn. I'm just, it's it's one of those things. Keep going. <laughs> you know, if you, I don't want to be Ellen and be like, just keep swimming, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, Oh, keep going. I was almost said, just keep swimming. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Well, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, <laughs> you can't help it. Just, yeah. You can't, it's, it's just one of those things you can't help saying. I know. I know. but so true in so many ways um the next question we have comes from brucker do you or have you read comics uh yeah actually um i didn't i didn't used to um i had a problem i wanted to read comics for so long but i this is gonna sound really i'm so dumb (laughs) let me just say this by the way and i don't mean dumb as in like low iq i just mean like I was so ignorant of how comic books worked. I didn't realize growing up, I'm talking about as a school age kid, not a teenager, like a tween and younger when I finally, I got comics. I think the first comic I picked up was a Batman comic after the, the Tim Burton, Michael Keaton Batman movie came out in 1989. Um, And I picked it up and I was trying to read it and it didn't make any sense. I didn't realize I was in the middle of a story. I didn't know each comic had a volume that was a part of a greater story. I thought each comic was individually a story. And so I, that stuck with me 
pretty much throughout my adulthood. So I never went into comics because I was like, I don't understand this. It's too complicated. I don't know. going to try. Well, one of my friends or two of my friends actually took me to free comic book day like a few years ago. And that was my first time I ever went. And I just wanted to check it out. And so maybe I'll grab, you know, I'll grab some of the free comic books and peruse through them. And I still have them. But then I ended up buying some stuff um, and they gave me like a free gift with purchase. And they gave me a free um, uh, volume of one of the uh, stories of Marvel's Runaways. And I was really curious about it because at that time, that was right before the Runaways TV show was about to debut. So I was like, oh, that'd be a good time to read this. So I started reading them and I got really into it. And then I was like, I want to read more comics now. But then I started thinking, what comics do I want to read? There's so many, you know. And, you know, one of my favorite shows of all time is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So I was like, oh, my God, that's right. Buffy season eight. Oh, my God, I got to read Buffy season eight. Yeah. So I found the library hardback volumes, you know, of Buffy season eight. I got all of those. Those were like, oh, my God, those were expensive. <laughs> I got all of them. I started season nine and then I tried to get the volume two and it is sold out. And the only way I can get it is if I pay like $300. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I guess I'm done with Buffy. <laughs> I can't continue this storyline. Gotta stop here, I guess. Yeah, I'm sure there's stuff online, but I really want the physical copy. <laughs> I already have the other one. I want the physical copy. Yeah. So, yeah, I do. I read some comics. Um, I, I read The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Um because of the show. And I just, I thought it was really cool. I read some lock and key, which I was on a, a podcast uh, for that, which I'll mention a little bit. And I also like, you know, I kind of gotten into a little bit. Of that. I actually tried the Lucifer comic too. I got the big volume of that. I don't read them each issue by issue. I always read them in volumes. I'd rather have the complete story all the time, all together at once. I'm not going to wait you know, week or month to month or whatever to find out that what happens to the story. I'm not that patient. <laughs> <laughs> I'm patient like that with TV shows. I can wait a week in between episodes. That's fine. But I can't do that or a month in between storyline of a comic because it goes by so fast. I forgot everything I just read, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's how it is. I, yeah, I do like comics and I plan on doing more. I actually plan on reading the uh, R.L. Stein Just Beyond comics. Um, I have them. I just haven't gotten to read them yet. And I plan on doing that. But I think that'd be really cool to do. I didn't realize that R.L. Stein wrote comics. Yeah, actually, he has some Goosebumps comics, too. Oh, wow. They, they made some Goosebumps. Does. Yeah, they adapted, I think, Night of the Living Dummy into a comic. Mm. And then they actually have just some original stories that are Goosebumps stories in comic form, um, which I think is pretty cool. Great. And that question was asked by Brooker, who is from Film on the Rocks podcast and Autopsy of a Horror Movie, which is a new podcast that will be premiering quite soon. So be sure to go and follow him at Brooker Horror on Instagram and Twitter for more information. This next question is also named Dustin. Uh, he is at Stories Sandman. Uh, he asked... What themes do you like to see covered in YA books? Themes. Okay. Um, so when I think of themes, obviously you think of, I kind of think of what's the moral of the story. I don't know. That's what I think of when I think of a theme, you know, like what, what were we supposed to learn from this or what, you know, what are we talking about in this? So I think the, um, I like YA books that have this less obvious psychological thriller aspect to it. Kind of like the babysitter. Cause she was questioning everything. She didn't know what was real and what wasn't real, what was in her head and what was, you know, paranoia. And 
And then, so that thought that was really cool. And another one like that is, um, who writes that way is Richie Tankersley Cusick, which, um, when I was on Dustin and Katie can read, um, we read, uh, two of her books and one of them, especially teacher's pet had a lot of, you know, confusion and what's going on and, you know, and kind of gaslighting and stuff like that. And I think that's really fascinating because it's, I'm really interested in psychology and the human condition and why we do the things we do and why we think and say the things we, you know, and, uh, so that kind of stuff, human behavior really fascinates me and it really scares me too, especially the fact that somebody can be manipulated, you know, and, or you can manipulate people to do what you want as long as, you know, and that's, that's kind of freaky that somebody can have that power over people. Um, but that's, but that fascinates me, you know, it's kind of like true crime in a way, you know, you're kind of like, wow, why are these people so messed up? You know, (laughs) these people are really (laughs) fucked up. Uh, (laughs) So I, yeah, I, I kind of like, oh man, I'm really, but I don't like true crime. That's the funny thing. I want fiction. I don't want real stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <I want fiction. laughs> None of that real shit. No, no, I'm sorry. I mean, it's interesting. Don't get me wrong. And I love watching stuff like unsolved mysteries and stuff like that. Cause that's fascinating to me. Like what happened? You know, asking questions, but when you, I don't know, uh, I don't want to get too horn, you know, to other stuff, but I get really, it, like I said, the whole intense factor of it all makes me get up and pace the room and I, I just can't do it. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it becomes real because it is real. And yeah. And it could happen in your town. And that can, I'm like, no, I don't want to do with this. No, I'm, I am happy in my ignorant bliss. Yes. Well, I, we already had some big true crime stuff happen in Memphis. Everybody knows that. We had the West Memphis three. We had several. Oh, my God. What is it? Um, the first 48 was filmed here a lot. A lot of cops episodes filmed. We have a lot of crime. <laughs> I'm not proud of this. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I feel I oddly feel safe in because I, I guess because I, I grew up here. I oddly feel safe. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, Dustin, who is at Stories Sandman, is the host of Sandman Stories podcast, which is a podcast of short stories and folklore from around the world. It's great for a mental getaway, or it could actually help you falling asleep listening, which is the goal of the show. Yes, it is. He is a really cool guy. He's been really supportive on Twitter of me, and just and I just want to give him a shout out. Hi, Dustin. How you doing? <laughs> it's really weird saying my own name to somebody else. <laughs> in february you'll be focusing on two new authors tell us a little bit about that yeah so in february i'll be reading two middle grade books um one of them is by c.s james chris and actually he wrote two middle grade books actually i'm reading both of those um it's twisted books to make you to leave you shook excuse me twisted books to leave you shook and that's Fright Filter and Toy Horror Story. I'm reading those two and talking to him about it, about his experience and his journey, about writing this and finding out all the good stuff. So it's another author story. And the second one is another author story, but a familiar voice. It's going to be Robbie Miles. And he's been on the show twice now. And he's finally debuting his his book. It's Don't Call It All. It's coming out in February, February 1st. Actually, it should be available on Amazon. Don't Call At All by Robbie Miles. Keep that in your head. Awesome book. I've already read it. It's great. Can't wait to talk to him about it. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a really fun. I can't wait. It's just going to be pretty, pretty chill. And we're just going to learn about these guys and find out, you know, what their deal is, what their influences are, what their goals are. It's, it's going to be a fun time. Sounds like a fun time. Yeah. 
So what are you doing? What are you got coming up in your in your show in the Composer Chronicles? What episodes do you have on the dot on the deck? Oh, there's so many of them. Uh, I have so many things that I have planned. I practically planned a whole year ahead at this point. Um, I think I'm scheduled with interviews all the way up until September, uh, and I have I have episodes scheduled all the way up and through up and through November. I'm skipping. Actually, sorry, up and through October, I'm skipping around October, uh, November, and then I have December episodes already scheduled. But um, this year, I really wanted to start digging a little bit more into composers uh, from the performers aspect of things. Um, At the end or the sometime in September of 2020, I interviewed an opera singer where we talked about... uh, composers from from the opera singer's point of view and how opera singers view the composers which composers are best for opera singers and which aren't great for opera singers and uh (laughs) i thought that was a great episode and it was one of my more popular episodes so i thought maybe i should talk to more instrumentalists and and musicians to see what they think about uh composers from for, for their instrument so right now i already have um, an episode uh about the cello and an episode about the trumpet i'm a little bit biased about the trumpet uh because i am a trumpet player myself but i am not going to be uh guesting that episode i will i am actually featuring the principal trumpet player from the atlanta symphony orchestra oh cool uh who was uh formerly a teacher of mine for a few weeks before I eventually upped and moved to Philadelphia. <laughs> um, so, and then uh, the cello episode is going to be with Stephen Chen, who is currently uh, studying at the Peabody Conservatory in Baltimore. So that's going to be one of the biggest projects this year is I'm so excited about that. And I have so many composers lined up and um, I'm actually going to be featuring music that I'm talking about this year. 2020 most of the episodes didn't have music that i was talking about so that well, you get right you got to deal with and oh i know and i finally found a library of music where they're like you can use whatever you want uh as you long know. as you <laughs> i know i was so happy when i found that and then i discovered that wikipedia has some stuff that um mostly because if you put it on wikipedia most of the time it's because it's in public domain so sometimes i can get lucky with that uh i know and the first one i listened to was the one you're talking about disney scores i know and, and i wanted to add that in, which is even <laughs> harder <laughs> but it was a cool episode i knew you know the people who listen to disney we know the music we don't actually have to hear it, it would be awesome to add it but we know it, you know, and it was really cool, the conversation for that, which I'm going to tell the audience, if you're, you know, thinking about listening, checking out Steven's show, and you're kind of a novice when it comes to music, try out that episode or one of those episodes. He's got a couple of them where he talks about um, Disney score and influences and, and the different composers for those. And just the really, just, you know, it's really cool. You'll be able to relate to that for sure. And it'd probably be like a backdoor opportunity for you to kind of get into the show. I think you would really like it. So definitely yeah. check that out if you, if you, if you're unsure, that would probably be a good place to start. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that because I do those the uh, the movie episodes and the video game episodes are definitely episodes that I have in order to kind of bridge that gap between m- modern music and m- historical music. I mean, 
the music of movies and, and video games. Yeah, definitely. Well, have you thought about regular musicals as well? I am actually, I'm going to be talking about um, maybe one or two musicals this year. Uh, I have an episode planned on Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella uh, and uh, talking about that from Rogers particular point of view, but uh, really cool. I think that'd be, I'd love to hear that one. That's yeah. I grew up with the Leslie Ann Warren version mm-hmm. of, of Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. Everybody. And a lot of people nowadays, especially younger millennials and you know, younger than that, they grew up with Whitney and Brandy as you know, as far as the Cinderella, <laughs> you know, the, the Disney version of Rogers yeah. and Hammerstein's Cinderella. But um, I grew up with Leslie Ann Warren. And for those of you who don't know who Leslie Ann Warren is, but you're familiar with the movie Clue, she was Miss Scarlet. Um, <laughs> that's the best thing I can say on that one. I love her. Gosh, she's so funny. That would be really cool. I would love to hear that. I think that's yeah. really I thought it was fascinating because it was originally supposed to be completely for film. It was supposed to be a TV musical. And that was it. Um, but now it's adapted for a stage. Oh, and uh, I love I well, love like that musical. <laughs> Basically, yeah. any movie musical that wasn't on the stage is going to go to the stage. <laughs> right. And vice any versa. Any Disney cartoon is going to go to the stage. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much uh, what I've got planned. That sounds awesome. I can't wait to hear those. That'd be, uh, yeah. Especially the Rodgers and Hammerstein. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. I'm excited about that one. So you've done quite a few guest spots on other podcasts. Uh, which ones have you been on? So I have actually, which we were bringing up earlier, um, I've been on a podcast called A Stroll Down Fear Street. And I was on it last year for uh, the book, The Prom Queen, where Hannah, who we mentioned earlier, Hannah at Panda's Reading Rainbow on Instagram, she did. She invited me on. We did The Prom Queen, which I'd never read before, but I'd always loved that book cover. And it was so much fun. And recently, actually, a couple weeks ago, we went ahead and recorded another episode for The Thrill Club which is another R.L. Stein Fear Street book. And that one was a reread for me, which I had thought I remembered the ending and it was completely different than I remembered. And so I was really glad I reread it. I understood a lot more this time around. (laughs) 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 Which, yeah, it's it's really cool. Um, That was, I I can't wait for for you guys to hear that one. That was really fun to do. Uh, Another one I've been on, I was on the Spooky Sisters Book Club, which is, it's actually formerly Spooky Sisters Book Club. And now it's called Spooky and Strange, the Spooky and Strange podcast. Um, That was, Orlean hosts that. And I was on hers last year as well. And we did an episode for the comic Lock and Key, comparing it to the Netflix show. That was, that was really fun. And she came on my show after that. And we did, uh, I am not okay with this, which is actually another comic. So I forgot about that one as well. Um, I'm going to be going on her show soon, but she's also coming on to my show in March, by the way, we're going to be doing an adaptation of Harriet the spy. So that's what we'll be covering the, the adaptation of Harriet the spy, because there is another adaptation coming. And the next one after that, at some point I will be on autopsy of a horror movie with Brucker. Not sure. We're kind of tossing around which movies we'll watch together. Uh, we'll see. Um, it should be fun because I'm like I said, I'm not a big horror movie fan, but I think he's talking more horror comedy. So we we hopefully will watch a horror comedy. I could probably do that a little bit better. And uh, it, it, it should be a fun time. I can't wait. You're probably going to hear me scream like a little baby. <laughs> you probably will. You probably will. I was like, oh, my God, I was so scared. <laughs> Why, why, Brooke? Why did you do this to me? 
<laughs> no, it's yeah, pro- it probably will be off the air. I'll probably be saying that to him. Yeah, but. you know, sometimes it makes for for a nice comedic cop, uh, nice comedic podcast. <laughs> yeah, fear, fear is funny. <laughs> yeah, he's scared. Ha ha. <laughs> I'm sure it'll all be okay. <laughs> Do you have any shout outs? Yeah. Um, I have a couple actually. Um, one of my uh, friends on Twitter and her name is Glaza. She is a she, her. So I know that her name is Glaza. Um, it's spelled G L A I Z A. And her Twitter handles at classical Glaza. Um, she's really, really cool. Huge support. Just fun to talk to. Um, actually has a podcast called classical adventures of for one, excuse me, classical adventures for one. And currently she was actually just did Alice in Wonderland. So what she did was she read the classic Alice in Wonderland and Alice through the looking glass. And she's also watched the Disney uh, cartoon. And now she apparently recently she was watching the Tim Burton movies, which she was cringing at, which if you go on her Twitter, you'll see this. Um, She's really fun. I really like her. And I, I hope to have her on the show at some point too. Um, also, I want to shout out Potato Lady Podcast Reviews because she reviewed my show. Um, if you want to know, uh, on Twitter or Instagram, the, the handle is Bex, B-E-X-G-O-O-S, Bex Goose, or Goose, I guess. But it's B-E-X-G-O-O-S on Twitter or Instagram. Follow and look at all the other reviews she has. She's really good. She does things in as far as a potato scale. <laughs> So I got five potatoes. There you go. <laughs> five out of five potatoes, which was really nice. And I really liked it. And I thought it was really cool. She draws little drawings and little sketches. I don't know if you've seen that. Have you seen her on? I follow her as well. And she's going to be uh, reviewing my podcast so, uh, soon. Oh, I can't wait to see what she draws for you. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> fun. So, yeah, um, that should be. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna, I can't wait to see that. You may tag me in that. Well, <laughs> I don't do. see it. Tag me. Okay. <laughs> Well, I will certainly will. Well, thank you for uh, for having me. It was was so wonderful to to guest host another podcast. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be the guest guest. <laughs> <laughs> is that a thing? I guess it is now. I guess it is now. You just made it. <laughs> You're a guest on your own show. You're the guest guest. <laughs> kind of sounds like yeah. Gus Gus. Another Cinderella reference. Again, I am your host, Stephen Trigar of the Composer Chronicles podcast. You can follow me on at Cron Podcast. That's C-H-R-O-N Podcast on Instagram, on Twitter, and you can even use that handle to find me on Facebook as well. You can find everything about my podcast on there and everything that I have upcoming. I post a lot of stuff where you can listen to the music of upcoming episodes and so on and so forth. But for now, oh, yeah, by the way, wait, he makes some really cool promo videos. Oh, thank you. you. Really did. You make some really cool promo videos for your episodes. I really wish I had the, I need the software that you have because there's stuff that's really cool looking. I was like, Oh, I'm jealous. I want to make that. <laughs> Uh, so, thank you. I think you're really cool. So if you see that, you can check out those even to get a little sample of his stuff before you actually listen to the full show. It's it's really cool. He Absolutely. does some great, great great cover art for his episodes too. Oh, thank you. Yes, I I love making the cover art. It's a little uh, 
it's very cathartic and uh, a little something something extra that uh, just gives me a little break from actually sitting and recording and writing episodes is something. A but you're still different. involved and still thinking about the. Still, uh, I know exactly what you're saying. I love yeah. it too. Yeah, you read. You know, like you said, it gives it something extra. It gives you that little bit of insight into the episode visually, which is appealing. You know what I mean? Because you're listening to stuff, so at least you have something to look at. You know, you can look at the cover. You can be like, oh, that's kind of cool. I like that. You know, and how does this relate to the actual episode? I, I like that kind of stuff. So, yeah. good job. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, and thank you, and uh, everything, everybody, for listening to this episode. And until next time, Dustin can read. Bye. Bye. <laughs>